and welcome everyone to what we know the show where we talk about stuff we know about or if we have no clue what we're talking about we have guests on that talk about the things that they know about so that we can know about it uh my name is jake and i am with my co-host sam delev hi i'm sam delev and with us today are two producers of just the absolute most fantastic game I hadn't known about until now. It is, in fact, something I know. So, Bree, John, introduce yourselves, tell the people who you are, and tell us what you've done. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Boyle. Um, I'm a writer and editor of tabletop RPGs. Um, I make a lot of like weird, funky, kind of zine length games um and one page rpgs and stuff uh and all of them feature she's on my screen over here this one's art so uh brie what what um, remind me what do you do again <laughs> hi everybody i'm uh brita donnan i am uh a ttrpg artist and an artist of various different things um but yeah i make all of the art and do all of the like art direction for the games that me and john create together in our game company breitbart it's a new new title, so that's why it's called. I'm the bright, he's the bard. <laughs> I will also say the one the one part of this operation that she didn't she didn't uh, shout herself out for is that like I'm great at granular stuff, but Bree is like here to help me make up absolutely bananas lore. So <laughs> what I do is what I do. Um, yeah, so he's he he makes the game and I make it pretty. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Very let, well, let's uh, get into it. Let's talk about the game that you currently have on Kickstarter right now, which is I Crave the Loop. Actually, hold on. Let me say that correctly. I Crave the Loop. Uh, or, or at least that's what the font looks like when I read it. Maybe like, <laughs> like a splat sound like mixed in there. Like I Crave yeah. the Loop. I don't know. Um, but yes, let's talk about I Crave the Loop. What is it? Uh, uh, give us the elevator pitch and then like let's dig into it a little bit yeah so i crave the loop is a solo roguelike rpg um it has the option of playing two players uh you use a real life snack uh to mimic kind of the experience of having a real life pet that wants to eat yours there is a ghostly creature in your house that is pursuing you it is unstoppable insatiable it hungers not for your sanity but for your cereal um and that's kind of like the gist of the game. You play like on a map of like a house or a dorm or an apartment or something like that. Um, and you can kind of like run around in search of items that you might use to distract like, you know, a, a real cat or dog um, to slow the creature down to give you enough time to uh, shovel your snack into your face before it catches you. Okay. Uh, so first of all, um, I, I have, I, we have talked, John, you and I have specifically talked about other Kickstarters that you have done. So I know mm -hmm. like the, your style and like the, the kind of, um, I, I, I think this is the first one you've ever used. Like, uh, um, I don't want to say inanimate objects cause that's, that's how TTRPGs work. But I, I this is the first thing that you, you've ever used a, a consumable maybe. Is mm -hmm. that like, a, it's a RPG? literal consumable. Jake. <laughs> 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 yeah like you're you're using you're using um you know you're using food like because i uh, your last one that you and i talked about was your journaling tarot card um uh game 
and and that you know has its own system and has its own 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 setting and like you're going out into the world and, and journaling based off of what's around you and, and the cards uh which i thought was very interesting and then the fact that this one kind of i want to say like is is gives me the same feeling and the fact that you are taking something tangible within the real world and you are bringing it into the game yeah that's I've, it's something that I've noticed about my own games too. I like to write from experience and I like to kind of gamify everyday things that we do um, and add like little bits of intention to them. Um, and so like, I think as my game portfolio kind of continues to expand, people are going to be able to like, the literary analyst in me is like, yeah, people are gonna be able to look into these and, and, and like deduce or derive my personal habits and hobbies <laughs> from the games that I make, which I think is fascinating. So during this time, John was walking around and journaling, right? And here, snacking. Yes. Because <laughs> um, I, I got the idea for this game, um, I think because somebody had used that, it's it's one of the many cat memes that exist on the internet, but it's a very kind of like portly cat sitting on its hind legs, standing up, and there's like a bowl of, of, of Fruit Loops or like regional equivalent of sugary loop cereal in shot, and it's just captioned like, brother, may I have the loop? Um, and for some reason, I think it was close to Halloween, I was just like, I'm going to do some Midwest Gothic shit. Uh, and I started writing in my phone notes app and I was like, the creature craves your hunger. Like it hungers for your snacks. It comes and it cannot be denied. Like flee while you yet have strength and feast upon what remains. Like, and so uh, that's, that's kind of how I arrived at this, at, at I Crave the Loop. Um, a, a combination of like a sort of amusing meme that I had seen. Um, and then the very real life experience that I've had my, my whole life owning pets, which is that your snack is never your snack for very long. Our snack comrade. Our snack. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is how, this is how my pets have always felt about it. Mm -hmm. Quite rightly. So, so, as a solo RPG, you play both Snacker mm -hmm. and Eldritch Critter, and Duet separates those roles. So I understand a bit of the structure, but you've described this as a tabletop roguelike. So, guess guess is that? Can you tell us a bit about what in the game gives it that element? So I, um, I've been on kind of like a roguelike video game kick the last several years. I think a lot of people experienced a little bit of that when Hades came out and now with like Hades 2 on the horizon. Um, that's like a, a genre that's kind of been pulled a little bit more into the limelight. I've played other stuff like Slay the Spire uh, is another one that I played a lot of Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain Returns, Risk of Rain 2. Like, so it's a, it's a game genre in which... Um, you have like a set number of stages. Typically, you uh, you progress through like a sort of randomized map of them, and the expectation, like gaining like random buffs or items that'll empower your character. Um, and for a lot of them, you know, they're like combat focused or like deck building. It can be there's there's a variety of things. But the, the through line is you are like fighting things or fleeing from something, um, and every single time the map or the environment will be different and the buffs and the like items that you have like change how your character plays so you might like go through the same places 
but you'll have a different experience each time because you might fight different bosses, might fight different enemies, you might have different items this time. And so it kind of, it involves a lot of like adaptation from game session to game session. And in terms of like bringing that to tabletop, uh, that was an interesting adaptation because basically the way that this works is, uh, you know, you have a limited number of maps to, map, to play on the ones that I've drawn or, you know, the ones that you can make and then populate with stuff. Um, but there's different like character origins in the game that you can have. Um, there's different uh, creatures that can be chasing you and each one of them like use the elements of the game differently. Because when we think about it, there's movement. You move across the map to get away from the creature so that it doesn't catch you. Um, and then there's uh, there's resources, like in terms of when you when you feast on your snack in the game, you gain zoomies and that can help you run faster, but you can also spend them to do stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that and then picking up items to change like how you move or how you acquire more items or like things that happen, like if the creature would catch you, maybe it's thrown backwards instead, right? So I think the best example that I can give is I've played two games on stream this week and both of them in the same map but both of them with different origins and creatures that were chasing me and one i was very successful uh it was close but i managed to stay away from it until i had finished my snack and the other one it caught me like halfway through the game because it was really really fast i had an origin that didn't play super well with the map that i was on um and a few bad dice rolls and it caught up to me and that's a very roguelike experience like you can be very good at roguelikes and you're still you're not going to make it through every time Cause you'll just get like you'll get things that maybe don't work or you don't like play well to the things that you do get and i've kind of incorporated a lot of those elements into into i crave the loop so it being a roguelike ttrpg um would you say that that people that are into roguelike video games like is that who this is for like when you were designing and creating this is that who you were kind of leaning towards for your audience i think so like the this game this game is much more for people who I think tend towards liking board games. Um, I think it's definitely for people. If, if you like roguelike video games, I think I Crave the Loop is something that will be sort of fun for you. Because I, I did have a game this week that I fundamentally changed how I played it because of the both the origin that I rolled and the creature that I had. Um, so... I think like if you like deck building, if you like um, roguelike video, uh, roguelike video games, I think I Crave the Loop is definitely like your speed. Now, with the two of you grouping together, creating this game company of of Breitbard, um, why why Kickstarter? Why are you still? Why are you going to Kickstarter versus you know? I mean, I understand publishing a game is very difficult, so. Um, what was your what was it just familiarity or or what yeah i think it was a lot of familiarity for us like we knew we we knew how to like set things up on it um from running terminus last year we've both been like part of different kickstarters like in art or writing capacity um and so it was familiarity and then like kickstarter does also offer a lot of um like the big draw of kickstarter is the amount of on-site traffic that you get from it and it's still, as far as I know, it still is one of the best crowdfunding platforms for for getting organic on-site traffic. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the, the choice for us. Yeah. And, oh, go for it. Go, go, go. I was also just going to talk a little bit about Zine Month. 
um, which is a thing on Kickstarter that um, a bunch of indie TTRPG creators uh, kickstart or like have their like their indie projects be in the limelight on Kickstarter. And that's sort of like specifically why we chose this month is because of Zine Month. And also why a lot of like indie TTRPG creators that are not pitching their ideas to like larger corporations or like have their own like uh, smaller businesses where they like uh, make their own game and then sell it to retailers do their like Kickstarter stuff during Zine Month. And that's sort of another reason why. No, I, I think that's great. I, and I mean, you you both have ha- done Kickstarter quite a bit. Like, mm. what would you say that you have learned to make this this campaign better than previous ones? I think, like, I don't know how much is, like, changed outwardly in terms of the presentation of a Kickstarter, but things, at least on this end, running it again, I already feel, like, a lot more organized. Mm -hmm. Like, we have the same team that we did for Terminus with the addition of a couple of guest writers. Um, And so when we finished the Terminus Kickstarter, we kind of sat down with uh, Marks and Emily, and we were like, hey, so let's talk about how this went. And if we work together again, like what would we change and how would we how would we do that better? And I think we've already been like kind of executing well on that. Like uh, Brie and Emily have been, you can talk about it more Brie, but like you two have been like <laughs> hard at work, like figuring out what the game yeah. looks like, which in turn mm-hmm. has been very inspirational to me as the writer. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. Like this gives me ideas for things to write. So mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of like, knowing how kickstarter works i mean there's always like changes in how the formula and like the algorithm works so having to like know that in advance but like having done one and then kind of knowing how the formula works going into it like knowing that like you're if you fund day one or very close to have like a bunch of backers on day one um like that's like the way to get into like the projects we love on Kickstarter. And then also like that first day and then the last day of your Kickstarter is going to be like the big days and planning your marketing based on that and planning um, like how you uh, get people interested in things like that based on how the algorithm works is much easier the second time around. I feel like I I think to to like sum up what we've both said, I feel like I'm learning a lot less on the go this year. Yes. And I feel like I'm a lot yeah. more prepared uh, as as we're going into stuff. Yeah. So. Grant, granted, also Terminus, we made happen in two weeks. And this we had planned for this to happen in a month. So, uh, yeah, Terminus was... Yeah, Terminus was... Uh, I'll, I'll, we're going to out ourselves here. <laughs> someone was like, I don't remember who, I think it was someone in like my life was like, hey, Zine Month is coming up. Are you going to do anything for that? And I asked John about it. He's like, we could put Terminus up. And I was like, okay. And then we did that in two weeks. And then I left for vacation. And John took care of everything while I was gone. It, it was, was incredible. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it was like four. T minus like 14 days to zine quest and i was like i could learn how to put together a kickstarter page <laughs> redrew up a bunch of 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 assets for it yeah before um, i left and then i we, the kickstarter launched while i was uh like a few hours before i flew home uh from my thing so i i stood i was standing in line for burgers us watching us fund and it was wild <laughs> yeah. so 
I mean, speaking of funded, I mean, you you all are already 100% funded so far. I mean, this is this is being recorded a week before release, but you're sitting at $3,000 right now out of the 2,000 mm -hmm. that you were looking for, like which mm -hmm. is which is amazing, which means you've already unlocked a few of your stretch goals. So you've hit the 2.3, which is uh guest maps. Uh, and then you just hit your 3K, which is team bonuses. And then the next one you have around is premium cover upgrade. But you have all the way up to 15K as a possibility, which is, I mean, I hope you make it. And I, I hope that this brings in a little bit more people. I mean, I haven't backed it yet uh, and because I'm hitting the button right now. Oh. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, I haven't, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was about to say, I haven't not backed something you've done. And then I was like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess that's really easy to say when. Just, just one. <laughs> yeah, hmm. Keeping the streak alive. Yeah. It's yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, it, it was a one-off before and now it's a streak, right? Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the start of a combo. <laughs> and that's how businesses get started. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> Uh, Sam, do you want, I think this is your question. I think the next one, if not, I don't remember writing it. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted. You're Before we prize too many secrets, uh, of Kickstarter business mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. our, uh, from our beloved guests, I want to get a little more into the game that we are also eagerly backing. Uh, to wit, we know that this is about snackage and the experience of a pet looking mm -hmm. at you, hungering. Mm -hmm. We know that there are eldritch critters. We know that there are maps. How, Bree, did you flesh this out into a thing that has a visual artistic direction? Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that side of uh, this game process? Yeah, so making specifically this game, it was really interesting because with Terminus, it was kind of like John just made a pretty game or pretty words and I just got to draw some like tarot cards and like put those in the book. Um, but for this one, it was really interesting because I got to do a lot more art direction because there was a lot more moving pieces, especially like the maps, which are going to be uh, like printed out um, that you'll be able to like move, like either write on or use uh, like your own little tokens or tokens that we provide depending on the tier that you back at um, to like move around on the map either as yourself or the other thing and sort of like kind of deciding like how the map size work what like specifically the map generation itself was like because we knew that we wanted the game to be about like it was about snacking and it was about the horror of the chase in a cute way and so kind of being like we want this to be look. We want this to look like a horror game, but uh, we want all of the horror elements to be around adorable cats and like your kitchen, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and sort of like uh, I will say that like I had this like I these ideas and I pitched them to my layout artist because uh, our layout artist that we work with a lot is called uh, is Emily Emily Enter. She is an absolutely incredible uh, layout artist. She's worked on both of our games and has worked with like um, a bunch of other creators as well. She worked on Precious Things, which is a zine month thing that's happening this uh, as well, as well as um, Dragon Dowser, which is like just a bunch of other really cool games. And she, uh, one of the things that we talked about with Terminus was that she wanted to be more like into the like the art direction side of it. And I said, totally cool. 
we don't create in a vacuum. We got to bounce ideas off of each other. I love that. So we kind of went back and forth with it and had like a, our own like art direction meeting of like, what do we want to do? And like one of her big things, like, I feel like this game is like ni a 90s cereal commercial. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. So we've like, we really for like the cover itself went with like the horror vibe of like, uh, you can see the creature like having gotten your snack going back into the darkness with like this really cute comic font of like cereal <laughs> um, <laughs> and like having that mix with the horror elements inside the book and having like horrified like very black and white uh black and white colors with like only flecks of like yellow and red and like so it's a very monochromatic book hi buddy welcome my little eldritch creature <laughs> um and yeah and having it be as horrifying as possible while using the uh adorableness of like font and uh art uh, like art assets that i would be drawing to like give it that like adorable like comic uh comic-y 90s commercial feel and sort of allowing the the reader to feel the chase through the book while digesting um the rules it was sort of really what we wanted to create with the layout of this book so a lot went into this um and having that translate to maps was super interesting because again we had only we we're only able to use certain colors to represent what is on the map so like you can't be like this square is pink because of this thing this square is like blue because of this thing so like uh the like everything is either red black there is green for the fridge but like everything else is like red or black or white and that's all that there is and trying to figure out like the iconography for people to like understand how to traverse on the maps was really interesting and something that um i had never done in a ttrpg before do you feel that there are any limitations to being in like either artistic or like form factor it being a zine versus you know a trying doing like a full-fledged book or like doing a one sheet like what do you think are some of the interesting like um aspects of, of it being a zine mm. i think ha asked you a question that wasn't on the list <laughs> i love it i love it no i love it um i will say that like small book creation is really interesting like zine creation is really interesting because you don't want to get the like scope creep where like oh no this is now a source book um especially before like a game like i crave the looper terminus where it's like it definitely doesn't need to be because it's as long if you can describe your game in a sentence or two sentences it only needs to be a tiny book because if you can't convey the like feel and the like vibe of it without uh without making it a source book that is just tedious it'll be tedious to read it'll be tedious to play it'll be tedious to make art for um as well as like for a one pager that's just kind of like two words where it's like cobalt like first goods where it's like you get you what you, you stats, get what you, this and this <laughs> and that that's like that's your art concept right there yeah and like especially for like for a zine link thing, it's like you're still designing a book, but you can't design it to make it be text heavy. You have to design it in a way that is 
fun and readable, where a source book is definitely text heavy and you only will have like margin assets or like a full beautifully illustrated page. Whereas like a one sheet, you really only need like one or two pieces of art for it. And the rest of it is just pure layout. So it's, I will say the zine is kind of like a beautiful merger of the two where it's like you kind of, you are making a book, but it's an art piece in itself. Certainly with your art direction, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm uh, obviously but you... biased, but I definitely agree. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you have correct opinions. <laughs> uh, but you've described this by name as a TTRPG, but as you're talking to us about it, uh, there's a lot of dice-driven movement, um, indeterminate mechanics. This seems as much board game as TTRPG. So, without starting religious wars about the distinction between the two, what taxonomically are we looking at here? I... What have you done? <laughs> what have I done? What have you done? <laughs> a question that I wish more people would ask me about my tabletop games, to be to be I to be frank. Um gotcha. <laughs> I I think that what I have done is take uh hmm. So oh man, there's just so many there's so many pieces. I'm gonna try and distill my answer down to this. I think um when I was making the game, an essential feeling of it was the chase, right? Um, a game of kind of literal cat and mouse where the mouse is you and your snack. And it's a, a real like eldritch a cat creature that's chasing you. And that requires movement, right? And that was kind of the first thing that I arrived at. When I made the first version of this game, I got a D4 and a D6 out. I drew a four by six grid on a note card, um, two floors of that ground floor and, and second floor. And then I rolled to place walls and furniture and those acted as obstacles. And that was the earliest version of the game. Um, and it was kind of just a little, a little like move things around and make stuff up as I go. And it kind of started out as like, oh, this could be like a fun little journaling role-playing experience. And I think like for me, it's still on the role-play side of things sits in the same realm as Terminus, where like what I'm asking you to do is go out on a walk. Is that really a tabletop role-playing game? Yeah. Maybe. Um, and then I, you know, you sit down and draw cards and, and write about it afterwards, which is kind of the core of journaling games. But for this one, like it needed some kind of like you needed a way to feel that chase. And so like a game board was kind of necessary for that. But there's plenty of kind of things in there where I leave the outcome kind of up to you with a level of structure that a board game, like a regular board game, I think would normally like mechanize or really like kind of come down with, with rules on. Um, and so I kind of, I kind of wanted to leave a little bit of that like silliness and whimsy up to the, the player and their imagination um, mm -hmm. in a way that is, I think more like flavorful perhaps than a lot of, uh, than a lot of like simple movement driven board games necessarily are. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. speaking of flavor, mm -hmm. since this game is centered around snacks, the snack you use throughout the game as an illustrative example is a sugary loop cereal. 
of indeterminate mm -hmm. trademark. <laughs> <laughs> but you specify it's hardly the only snack you can go for. You can have a longer game with a bigger snack. You can have a little game with a cookie. So since you all have designed this, play this game, you know what's good. What is What snacks do you recommend for this game and what are favorite snacks of your own? Mm. All right, <laughs> I think <clears throat> I've played the game with a few different snacks so far. Um, one of the ones that I tried early was like uh, like little little donut holes. Um, and those were kind of fun, but if the game goes long, they can start to dry out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I think uh, my favorite snack that I have played it with so far was um, like a little bowl of, of charcuterie. So I had like half a dozen crackers and half a dozen little pieces of cheese and half a dozen little pieces of meat. Um, and I was like, I could make 15 little sandwiches for my like little, 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 little open face, <laughs> like towers of, of meat and cheese and cracker, or I could just like grab things randomly and eat them like a goblin uh, <laughs> over the course of gameplay. I mean, and you so don't I've even need to tell me what you picked. I know who you are. I know what you picked. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter profile picture is still very much a watercolor goblin. So like, you know, I <laughs> set myself up for that one. <laughs> But yeah, that's um, that's been my favorite snack to play the game with. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, my general answer is probably, like, a donut. Because I love donuts, and that's just a giant loop. And the ones that I usually get from, like, Cub are, like, this big. Mm -hmm. um, and they're great. And so, like, a bite per time. But... I was also going to give another, like, a, a very, like, charcuterie answer, because that's, like, one of my favorite snacks, and it definitely is, I, I'm a big proponent of, like, using this to, like, uh, give yourself healthy habits, um, as, like, sort of, like, as a ritual of, like, I'm, here's my nectarine that I'm going to eat, or here's my, maybe not nectarine, that's really juicy, here's my clementine that I'm going to eat, or I'm going to eat this apple, or I'm going to have these, this bowl of strawberries, or I'm going to have this entire package of blueberries or whatever, um, to sort of, like, have, like, a bowl or a package or, a, like, a well-rounded stack to eat out of, and then once that bowl is empty, game's over! <laughs> It's well-rounded, so it's a loop. Yeah, it's I a get, loop. I get it's it. All I, gotta be, I, it's all got to be, it's all got to be, I'm not, nothing if not on brand, and it has to be circle-shaped. Um. <laughs> so I have two little uh, goblin monster chihuahuas, and so uh, <laughs> as, as we're talking about this, I was like, I wonder, you know what might be fun is... Uh, playing it with dog treats and instead of me eating it mm. like actually giving it to them yeah. <laughs> that'd be very cute that would that be would very i cute. would have an eldritch creature staring at me the entire time <laughs> nothing maintains greater eye contact with me in my existence than this scruffy little terrier over here who is playing absolutely innocent throughout this interview mm -hmm. Yes. Never I don't know. I don't know what you guys could possibly mean. I've never done anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that you brought up in the very beginning was talking about Bree working on the lore and kind of coming up with that. Can can we talk a little bit about that? Can we like dig into it a little bit? Other than it's an elder horror animal cat 
creature thingy, right? What 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 went into it? That was the basis of it. But it, you know, mm -hmm. if you've gone deeper into it, I'd love to hear some of it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, a lot of the lore creation specifically for this game came out uh, as it does for like a lot of the smaller games that we work on is uh based on like what i choose to draw because <laughs> as an art director i can do whatever i want sure. and so john says this i said it's of eldritch loop creature cat like and i say okay and i drew i draw very like a million silly little guys with eyes all over and like creepy mouths and like goofy vibes and like kind of deciding what the like what their personalities are after I've drawn them is so, kind is sort of the way that I think we kind of approached it. Like he had a bunch of different ideas for like the different um uh the different loop creatures that you could play as and then I drew a bunch of different ones and he's like oh I know exactly who these people are uh and then assigned <laughs> each of these drawings like the different um the, their different like snack uh their their snack goblin uh personas and sort of the same thing with like the map creation we kind of had this idea these like ideas of like all the different like places that you would snack and one of my favorite maps uh came about because of a thing that happens in my real life is our uh map that has like an actual has two uh fridges um because that's where you get your snack um from and where you start out in the beginning of the game um but it has two fridges because it is a haunted house um <laughs> And uh, one of them is a cauldron of candy, and the other one is the actual fridge. And it's kind of based around, like, how my family, like, does Halloween and stuff like that. And so it's it's very much the, like, bringing things from our real life and, like, Lauren kind of, like, throwing out, like, silly ideas of, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And John being, like, make it, I'm putting that in the game. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the a lot of the places in like a lot of the maps are based on places that one or one or the other of us has lived at some point. Obviously they've been they've been altered for the purposes of use in the game, but then like the items that you find on each map are different compared. Like there are some that are shared across that are kind of like not necessarily specific to a certain place, but one of the things that gives each place that kind of like roguelike feel is the unique the items that are unique to it. Mm -hmm. Um and so like, you know, a couple of the maps are like my college dorm and my college apartment. Um, and those both have very unique, like passives, things that you can only do on that map. And you, certainly some very storied items that I've talked <laughs> about on streams this week. Yeah. And like, there's like, I think in my one that we came up with was like my, cro my prom crocs or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a whole, there's a whole story of like every item. Um, in the game so so what i'm hearing so what i'm hearing <laughs> is that we should talk after this about doing a a a, a small maybe like two or three episode uh, uh lore bites videos <laughs> for the about game. all of the different items yeah, yeah maybe we yeah. do one episode on some of the different <laughs> animals and one we do on the different locations and we do one on the 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 uh mm -hmm. the items i think that might be fun anyways that'd be very uh, fun yeah, yeah i would have a blast doing that <laughs> there are like Every single one of the maps and all of, like, so many of the items have mm -hmm. such fun little stories behind them that, you know, like, don't make it into the book. But for the people who know me personally, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you put the shot of Dickery in there? <laughs> I don't so have any more talking questions. talking about real life <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We know this 
game as a concept comes from personal experience, but I want the particulars. Please tell me your best story of pet plus snack interaction. Was it a comedy? Was it a tragedy? Was it both? Pets and snacks, what's happened to you? <laughs> so I do have, um, I do have one. I have one with my childhood cat that I got to see after I visited my family following Pax and Pluck, but I do have one that happened also within the last 24 hours with our newly adopted 11-month-old kitten. Um, so over the holiday, we got them over the holidays and uh, we had like a little auto feeder for them because we were, we were gone for about 48 hours and we wanted to make sure that there was, you know, still food for them around here on kind of a schedule because they're not used to free feeding. And um, that is just like stored in one of my roommate's closets in her office where a few of their toys are. And they really, really like the, the little feather wand toy. And they know that it's in the closet. And uh, I don't think they had worked out that we put the old, the old like food, like dispenser in there. But yesterday I'm walking out of my, my office from uh, like working on some writing stuff for a little bit. And I hear like rustling in my roommate's office. And I'm like, I'm at the office today. There's what, uh, that's, that's, that's cat mischief. And I walk in and the door is open. And normally if one of the cats has pulled the closet door open I can see like, you know, their butt hanging out as they're like sniffing around <laughs> in there or whatever. Like I can see a tail flicking around. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, buddy, get out of there. And I see nothing standing in the door. So I'm like, oh boy, what is going on here? I take a step closer and all I see is, and I will enact this for the for the for the three of you. All I see is this. <laughs> Just a, a single, a single cat leg. Mm -hmm. sticking up into the air as this our, our 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 darling little hatch the cat has put himself on his back and scooted like all the way underneath a pile of things to pull the old feed <laughs> the old auto feeder down and is poking at it to get it to just like trickle a couple pieces of dry food out at a time <laughs> into his open mouth <laughs> the tenacity <laughs> we must it's a smart cat like that's resourceful that's lateral thinking i mean that's yeah. lateral positioning yeah. yeah so that's i think that's that's the most recent one that i had um where yeah. i'm just like you are such a, a food motivated little gremlin like i mm -hmm. <laughs> um the one that comes to mind is like a long time ago i had a cat um that was more gremlin than any of my other cats have been. I've been very fortunate in my uh, in my last two cats that have not been human food motivated. Um, uh, so that's been really nice. But she, this cat, uh, Misty, was super uh, human food motivated and would be the kind of cat that you would like break, get your dinner and have to like hold it like this while you ate it because she would get in there. And there was a time where I was like eating my dinner like that on uh, the on my desk. And she was like right here and I was fending her off and um, she ate something directly at, like I put it in my mouth and I hadn't closed my mouth yet and she took it out of my mouth. <gasps> and I was like, the audacity. No, no? <laughs> you are getting locked in the bathroom. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well deserving of a kitty timeout. Yeah. Ella's, Ella's, so, no, yeah. Luckily, uh, my cat currently, uh, Dandy, is uh, lovely, but incredibly uh, treat motivated and will, anytime he does anything, take a nap, go to the bathroom. Uh, we'll go out, he goes outside every once in a while. We'll come in from, like, we also have, like, a catio for him where he gets to, like, go out and, like, be on, in the outside um, when we don't want to watch him in the backyard. And he, uh, anytime he, like, finishes an activity, he will, like, go and stand in front of the cabinet where he knows his treats are and go, ah! <laughs> until we give him treats. <laughs> like, what? Ah! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Get so much, yes, yeah. So much so, like, I mean, I'm sure you heard him come in and yell at me. But so much so that on my Twitch channel, I have an emote of him screaming. So whenever anyone hears him in the background, uh, I just see a wall of those boats in my chat. <laughs> love it yep um I, I mean the kickstarter is out right now so if anyone wants to go head over there uh the link for the kickstarter is going to be in the description uh it's also has been in the little uh thing over there above sam's head a couple times uh throughout the video uh so make sure to go check it out at the very least but uh, go support a cool project and like it's not expensive it's like super cheap so like try it out um any parting words that you want to give people yes tell the good people where they can find you and your eldritch creatures <laughs> um they can uh if people want to see what i do i also am not only an artist for games uh but i also stream on twitch uh three days a week um i do art on uh tuesdays thursdays and saturdays a lot of like different projects um for various things, I do tarot. I do draw. I have one of my my channel has given uh given me the ability to um, make PNG tubers. So you can also ask me to like become it. Uh, you can ask me to become a loop creature if you want. That's one of the PNG tubers. <laughs> um, it's very funny. Uh, I'll, I'll, its eyes blink at different times. It's very cute. Um, and. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitch. Uh, I'm at Brie Donnan everywhere. B-R-I-D-A-N-A-N-N. Um, yep, that's how I spell my name. Um, <laughs> and, uh, look. Look, it's hard. Um, and, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all, all the places if you want to find my art and all the cool things I do. That's where I'm at including uh two not one but two episodes of lore bites one of them have has already released the other mm -hmm. one is actually going to be releasing this month so uh yeah. there there are two uh videos of just uh visually uh of brie drawing different gods from pathfinder so there's also yeah more. yeah john what about you i am at resident bard spelled as it sounds on every single platform, um, Twitter, Instagram, threads, blue sky, uh, Tumblr as well. Um, mm -hmm. I've been like slowly more and more active over there, uh, just because there is kind of like a thriving little like tabletop community over on Tumblr. Cool. So, uh, I say what? Technically there too, but I'm only there as my personal person and not as my work person. Cause that is my only social media where I don't do any work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do also stream on Twitch uh, twice a week on Mon Mondays and Thursdays. Um, I've been doing a lot more like game design streams, kind of like started streaming a lot of, I crave the loop this month, just as a way to like 
you know, promote the game, but also to like test various combinations of like origins and creatures and maps and stuff. Um, and then I've kind of just been using spare time to like, you know, work on uh, work on some other current projects of mine. And my chat is uh, is absolutely fantastic at, at contributing ideas and commenting on things. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of what I've been up to. Yeah. And uh, I am all, all of our the digital copies of all of our games can be found at residentbard.itch.io. Uh, so. And physical copies can be found on Indie Press Revolution. <laughs> so okay, please done. go and check all of that out. <laughs> the game is I Crave the Loop. The guests are Bree and John, and the show is what we know. So thank you both so much for joining us. If you join enjoyed today's episode. Give us a like and subscribe and let us know what your Eldritch Critters favorite snack is in the comments below. You can also catch us on twitch.tv slash Althaven underscore, where we stream RPG content. You can join the conversation on our Althaven Discord. And if you want to support us, you can do so on coffee.com slash Althaven. So, snack on and mind the void. <laughs>